You are listening to the Jobbers Court Podcast, part of the W2M Network. We're a podcast for wrestling fans old and new. Court is now in session. Welcome again to another episode of Jobbers Court. I'm the Rasquatch King of Jobbers Court, joined by my two men of the round table. We have Cedric, the wise old owl of wrestling, and the man of a thousand and four nicknames now. Um, special episode today, we're going to be breaking down our predictions for SummerSlam. Um, speaking, of, speaking of SummerSlam, the uh, the Olympics is, is going on right now, and it's it's been the, been the slam of the summer so far, uh, I think, so far. What the uh, main discussions that I've been having, uh, not not that the not that America is winning a lot of gold medals, we're doing a great job. It's that one of the gymnasts uh, did not uh, stand in attention and or put her hand over her heart during one of the ceremonies, and apparently women's water polo is a big deal. So, yeah. Um, Ooh, that, who said that? <laughs> that's that's pretty much what what I'm getting from it so far. So if you guys don't know, just pop in uh, women's water polo uncensored and Google. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. So so uh, other than that, guys, you you guys ready to cover your your predictions of of SummerSlam? But real quick, uh, what are your your guys' thoughts on this year's Olympics? All right. Well, uh, I've been watching quite a bit because as soon as I go into work, quite, the Olympics are on of, pretty much water, all day. Quite a bit of water polo. Got it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna say it's uh, it's been pretty interesting. And uh, if they ever do a women's uh, cruiserweight division, they could hire some of these gymnasts because yeah, they're they're pretty spectacular. Yeah, they sure are. Cedric, <laughs> sure. <laughs> your your thoughts on the Olympics? It's been it's been quite interesting here. We here we at the house. We we support water polo. <laughs> <laughs> It's great, man. It's just it's good competition, but it's, it's it's just amazing when you when you see the videos of where some of these athletes come from, what they've gone through, mm-hmm. and not just that, the the, the drama, <laughs> or the trash talking between Michael Michael Phelps and one of the guys from South Africa. I was like, man, this is good <laughs> raw material. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't know I didn't know swimming was that was that dangerous. People are trash talking like, yeah, you can't beat my st- my time. So why do you shut up and, pe- and stuff like that? Yeah. People coming out of retirement. This is good yeah. wrestling material. It's and like then you'll be, you, 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 you'll be saying that when you when you're eating my dust on that hundred meter butterfly. Yeah. yeah. I'm just waiting for pyrotechnics every time they hit the finish wall. They just <laughs> like launch off some fireworks now, and whatnot. No, now get this. Friend of mine and I were talking about this the other day. What if you had a professional wrestling Olympic event, huh? And the way the the way it works is two guys like you you have two guys that are from the same country and they wrestle each other in a match and you have Dave Meltzer and like whoever else you want out there being being the judges and they, and they they rate the match based on how the two performers were able to to put on a performance in the uh, middle of the ring. I think we need a pro wrestling Olympics. Maybe not in the Olympics, but just an event called the Pro Wrestling Olympics, and and that's what it would be. People from all over the world would get into pairs and they would wrestle each other for for ratings 
What do you think? You didn't see what the what NXT did on Facebook Live? No, I didn't. Uh, it wasn't worth watching. <laughs> it was the beautiful blonde Blake running out with a little streamer, and it was it was pretty interesting. So, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're not a fan of his wrestling, then you won't be a fan of this either. Well, I can tell you, I, I can tell you that uh, would be. I think if you had a women's division, a men's division, you could. You you could pull this off. You could you could pull out the the pro wrestling Olympics. I, I I'd like to see it. You'd get to see all the different styles: Japanese, India. Let's see what some guys from Sri Lanka can wrestle like. You know, you never know. Yeah, might might, might find something you like. I'll tell you I'll tell you that it this this whole thing with Blake was probably just as interesting as uh, Dean Ambrose episode of the Stone Cold podcast. But um, that's a, that's a story for another day. Or maybe a few more minutes from now. Yeah, <laughs> if you guys haven't seen the whole thing yet, it's uh I won't get into too much of it, but uh for well, now for what I well, for what I've read. <laughs> all right then. Since I since I'm already, I'm already on topic, I'm already fired up about it. It takes two people to do an interview. The person giving the interview and the person receiving the interview in order to appropriate ask a question. I mean, we know this shit. We've done many interviews in the show. So, when you ask a guy a question, and he responds back with kind of whatever he wants, or they're dodging the question. I hate the fact that people are like, well, Stone Cold should have quit trying to dig into his personal life. Have you ever watched an episode of the Stone Cold Podcast? These were simple questions that he asked every single other wrestler. So if Dean Ambrose didn't expect to be asked these types of questions, then I don't understand what he was expecting to do on the show. He honestly looked bored. And disinterested, and like he didn't want to be there for the first maybe 15, 20 minutes of it. Um, after that, it kind of started to click a little bit, and then there was the little bit of awkwardness with him um, talking about Brock Lesnar. But uh, you know, other than that, it, I don't know. It was the worst episode I've seen of the Stone Cold Podcast. I hate to say, um, just because it basically was as far as Dean Ambrose as a, as an individual, he honestly was. He's either such a laid-back person that he just really isn't that interesting, or he's just so laid-back that he honestly just didn't give a crap to be there. And either way, that sucks. That's my thoughts. The one thing that I've, I haven't really watched sacredly, the Stone Cold podcast, but the one, the few that I've, I have watched, what I've liked is you have the character and then you have the person. And... Stone Cold is himself. I, I think Stone Cold really blurs the line between when he's the character, when he's the person. But the people that the guests that get invited, I really like when they break character, when they let you in on who they are, mm-hmm. and and what they've gone through, and and what their mentality is, and and how they use that to fuel a character. Like somebody, if he were if he were to interview The Rock, I know The Rock is gonna be great at that, definitely in my opinion. Cena, Cena might be another one. But the few that I have watched, uh, Big Show, AJ, stuff like that, that's the thing that I like. You know, they mm. they are themselves. The way I've read online, it almost seems like Dean Ambrose just kept in character and wasn't really, like, into it, which is not really what Stone Cold Show has been known. Even when Triple H and Vince were there, yeah, you, you can see where they blurred the line sometimes and where some questions were getting a little bit annoying, but they still answered it truthfully. So the way I've read things online is, is is almost like Dean did not just did not break character, and unfortunately, I'm not one of his biggest fans. I watch it just because you watched it to get my opinion, but 
if he didn't break character to me, that's not. I, it won't be Stone Cold's podcast highlight for that for to say. I don't really think Dean was in character. I think that just was Dean Ambrose. I think he's honestly that that kind of person that's just sort uh, of just man, just kind of out there, laid back. He kind of walks the beat of his own drum, you know, all that, and just. It just seemed to me like he was really disinterested. And at one point, like, Stone Cold even tells him, he's like, hey, we got to get this amped up, man. We're trying to get people to watch the show, you know? And he was just like, meh, all right, you know. Eh. It, and I, was, I like the way you say it. Like, if, if you've seen the show before, which I would think he ha- – well, you know what? They may not even say that because he, he might not have never watched the show if he's that way. But you should know what to expect. I'm pretty sure they talk. Before the show starts, hey, there's going to be a few questions, you know, just answer and, truthfully. But and he does, that's and he the does, way he is. And, and he does get a little fired up toward the end because he starts talking about the shield and it really starts to kind of flow when he gets there and he starts talking about, like, you know, cutting promos and Dusty Rowley. So, and, and so there were definitely good parts of it where you could definitely tell his personality was shining through. But the guy you see come into the ring on, like, Tuesday nights and the guy you saw back in that interview was kind of different just because he just, he just seemed tired or just out of it or he just didn't care. And... You know, whatever it was, it just it definitely wasn't clicking like a lot of the other ones are, and it didn't seem like. At one point, he actually told Stone Cold he was offended by one of the the things that that Stone Cold had said, um, and that was because he had told him he he had told him that Dean Ambrose kind of seems like Dean was just sort of taking it easy and just getting complacent now that he was champion. And, oh really? Because mm-hmm, he said he said you come back here and you, you you got no fire, you got no chip on your shoulder. He's like, so what now? Are you just gonna be complacent now that you have the title, or you don't have anything to chase? And he's like, I just I you, he, he said you yeah sorry, but he just said he said you're so laid back that he's like I just it kind of seems like you're getting complacent. So Dean, you know, said he took offense to that and talked a little bit about that, but yeah. That's, that's what his character looks like, you know. I was telling my kids that there's there's a fine line between overexposing the the title and and taking his prestige away through overexposure, through through unnecessary matches. But there's also the whole I'm just gonna come out with a title over my shoulder, talk 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 talk, and do nothing else. And then there there you go. That's that's my two cents in a show. That's what he's. That's what he's become, you know. Most most wrestlers that I've seen in the past, they talk about being fight, fighting champions, and with him, is he's the talking champion. He comes out, gives these weird promos or his weird commentary at the table, and then he goes into the ring to break up a fight with fist of furies that don't even connect, and it's just it's just weird. It, it's just really. For me, at least, it's weird to back him up and support him as champion. So, well, and, and you guys know my. Oh, go ahead. You know that. Yeah. I was gonna say that was a time that I really wanted him to be champion, especially at the height of the Shield. I really, I never really saw Roman or, or Seth as the first ones to be champion. I really, there was there was a time I was really backing him up, and this was after his whole holding the U.S. title without even defending it at all, like breaking a record, and the guy barely even defended it. So. But there was a time that his popularity in me, for me personally, I was like, man, this guy can make a good champion, like, especially within the shield. But it, unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. Well, so you guys know how I feel about him. Uh, anyway, I know from an offensive standpoint, I'm not a fan of his his moveset and 
his his offensive output and uh, like the realism aspect of his move, his move set. But uh, I I don't mind the guy's personality. It's just I kind of lost a little bit of not respect necessarily, but just the want to watch him after after the the podcast. So, but whatever. People are still blaming Stone Cold, and some people are blaming Ambrose. It just depends on on who you ask, I suppose. I just know it takes two people to to do a good interview. Um, you have to have the person asking the question and the person receiving the question have to be willing to be open for dialogue. Otherwise, the the, the interview is pretty much worthless, and that's kind of what we saw during this uh, this podcast. So, but all yeah, right, you know, two fried eggs for breakfast sounds pretty damn good. All right then. Sorry, I'm just I'm just proving your point about uh, you know yeah it takes two to tango you have to engage, answer questions. I thought that was the number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I just woke up on somebody's floor and I'm gonna go to the ring and I'm gonna talk for a little while. Yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, and and that's all fine and good. We've had people who you know did. I I told you guys I'm I'm actually a proponent of not defending the title as often. I'm perfectly okay with that. I just I just know when you when you go on and you're the representative of a brand, um, and you kind of look the way you looked on a live podcast, it's kind of tough. But um, but you know something, uh, Rasquash, like we you and I have had this conversation offline about how where where does it get where where's the line where you either defend it too much or you don't defend it at all? I think at one point Brock Lesnar was a good example of that. Like because of his presence, the way he was being built with Paul Heyman as his as his manager, or whatever, the guy coming out with a title every now and then just whooping somebody's butt or just being built by a promotion by the promotion that that Paul Heyman was given. I was I was fine with that. You knew you didn't have to see him fighting every single time. But in my opinion, that's missing with, with Dean. Like, there's nobody hyping him up. Just coming up with a title over your shoulder, reminding people that you're the guy and and what you've been through, that gets old, you know, after a little while. Like, you have to spice it up some way, somehow. And and that's what I think has been missing. And, and based on what you're saying on, the, on his interview in the podcast, like, that spicing it up was missing again. And I rest somewhere. I guess he's given I, I, not as Dean Ambrose, but I guess as his former wrestling indie wrestling name. John it seems Moxley. like he gave. It seems like he gave an interview before, like for some documentary, one of these like straight to <laughs> online, if you if you wish, documentaries. And it seems like he gave a really good interview, and people have been comparing both, and they're like, man, it's night and day. Where here there was energy, there was stuff, and then. With Stone Cold, it seems that there was none. And again, now, now I'm intrigued. Now I want to watch it just because yeah. I want to, I want to compare. I, I, I want to actually watch both and compare. Like, okay, what's what was missing? What's what's happening here? Like, is this I've, truly Dean the person, or is this Dean the character? I've had him. I, I've heard him on other podcasts, and he definitely was a lot more engaging. I mean, could have been. It was late at night, obviously, when those type of things start. I mean, he could have legitimately been tired. He could have been disinterested in doing the puck. Maybe he doesn't like Stone Cold. I don't know. But uh, wh- whatever it was, they just they definitely weren't on the same same page. So, but unless they were, well, never mind. So, uh, all right. So you guys, you guys ready to cover to cover SummerSlam? Yeah. 
hottest show of the summer outside of the Olympics. I was gonna say it's a it's it's not quite water polo, but uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting show nonetheless. Um, I think right now there's nine matches that are booked, uh, unless something changes here in this next week. So the first one, kind of want to break down. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about the ones that are non-title matches here first, and then we're gonna go into each of the title matches. So the first match is gonna be Enzo and Big Cass. Versus Jericho and Kevin Owens. Cedric, your thoughts on this match? Who are you booking to win? It's Jericho. Jericho, yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm going to steal one from Hawk Standing. I, I really don't don't care either way. But since we're here to please the, the listeners' <laughs> so ears, to so yeah. to speak. And um, by the way, wife, I had not, Mrs. Wow, I had nothing to do with the water polo topic. I know you don't believe me, but I'm just letting you know. I, I think. You're not off the hook for women's volleyball, though, but continue. Oh, my gosh. Thanks. <laughs> and, not, and not just beach volleyball. I mean, anyway, uh, let's just. <sighs> the folks are so behind Enzo and Cass. And it seems like even those behind the scenes are very supportive of them. I, I see them winning, but this is one of those matches that I think will not will not go anywhere. It's just one of those that hey, it's SummerSlam. Let's just put it in there. I I don't see them building any more Jericho. Hopefully, we won't see another. This is like Jericho AJ Styles, where Jericho winning kind of threw red flags for me. If Jericho and KO lose in a tag team match, it'll, it'll make for, for some pretty good promos if them two start arguing. And with Enzo and Cass riding this wave where, of popularity, I, I, cause I think they're going to be the ones to win now. If something comes out of KO telling Big Cass, hey, you know, you, you're carrying that weight on Enzo and they want to do something afterwards, then definitely them losing can literally spark something like that, but because they have lost a lot of times because of Enzo. So that will be interesting, an interesting angle. But I think there's such crowd favorites that I don't see why WWE would even try to venture into those waters right now, especially after I saw with the Dudley boys. I definitely don't think they would want to do that as well with Enzo and Cass. So I see Enzo and Cass winning. All right. Alexander? Yeah, I Really don't see how Enzo and Cass are not going to win this one. Um, they're rolling so high right now. Um, the only thing I can think of as far as KO and Jericho pulling a win would be uh, if they were to actually start giving Cass a singles run or a singles push. But I think it's a little too early in, in their respective career, especially with Enzo being as hot as he is on the mic. And when I say that, I mean with the fans. Uh, I'll be honest, like I like that they're kind of doing something a little bit different and not having Stephanie McMahon come out every time on Raw. But it's basically just the same segment. They're just putting Enzo out there, you know, 15, 20 minutes of talking and just kind of rambling. And uh, I enjoyed the segment with Sasha Banks and Enzo two weeks ago with this last Monday. Mm. Like it just, I don't know, it just kind of bored me. And, you know, I what, we're three weeks into the new era, and I'm already bored of Enzo. 
So, yeah. All right. Well, I'd say I, I do I, like I, the uh, the Jericho thing. That's yeah. That's that's pretty interesting. And uh, Jim uh, Vendor shooting or Vendor smutting, whatever yeah. uh, uh-huh. Jericho's old tag team partner is. You know, uh, I love that with Ko. Like that's that's not a real person. That's not a real <laughs> that, person. That was that was hilarious. <laughs> so, what I what I like about it is that now. I've liked all of their their mic work. Even Big Cash just sort of throwing things out there occasionally has been has been pretty good. Um, so these four, from uh, hyping a match perspective, I think is is a, is a pretty good call having these four guys out and then having these four guys in a match. I, I do like this match. Obviously, probably your opening match or just like a filler match in this this type of environment. You can't have every match be a title match and it still gives them something to do on a big pay-per-view. So, but Enzo and Cass are going to win. I don't think there'd be any spoilers in, in saying that if, if they didn't, I, I would be shocked and it would either be like just crazy deception cheating somehow by the Canadian connection or, uh, Enzo and, and Cass having some type of mishap, but I just I don't I don't see them losing, and I do think that Jericho and Owens should use a cheesy like '80s tag team nickname like the Canadian Connection. I think that would be pretty pretty uh, pretty amazing. But I digress. So sounds like we're all taking Enzo and Cass to beat Jericho, or I'm going to call them the Canadian Connection because that's just my name for them. Any other follow-ups on that? The French Canadian Connection because. Kevin Owens' native tongue is French, and there was a hockey group of hockey players known as the French Connection that were Canadian hockey players, so hmm. the French-Canadian Connection. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we got something going there. Maybe you could start a whole stable somehow. Um, have, Sam, have, Sammy, have, have Sammy Zayn turn heel and, you know, just, just start a whole thing of just Canadians. Now, we, don't, we don't need TNA saying once again that WWE stole something from them. <laughs> I'm whoa, just whoa, thinking... whoa, whoa, whoa. Lance Storm started this with the Un-Americans. Don't you yeah. even go there. How many were they? Two? Lance Storm and Edge, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that doesn't really count. I think, I think we should just go ahead and round up all the Samoans and all the Canadians and Run just back. put them, put them on... Uh, Put them all on their, their different factions, you know, and then let's just have at it. Let's just have faction wars, you know. But, Samoan uh, dynasty. Yeah, maybe bring in a couple more Bullet Club guys just to have a true club, and then just factions galore. Let's let's do it. Do it live. Have the, have the Irish in one corner, Seamus, Finn. Mm-hmm. Get, get, get Fit Finley, get Fit Finley out of retirement. He'd still yeah. whoop your ass. But um, he needs to fight. Anyway, I I digress. So, um, and you can bring in some some pop culture and some current event stuff, and you can call them the uh, the not real IRA. Ah, see, I'm thinking this is this is the perfect setup for the pro wrestling Olympics. It's done. We've are we've already started working on it. They're yeah, already going to wait another four years because Olympics is going to be over in two weeks. Yeah, well, they have they have four years. Either that or why are they not why why are they not working an angle with Pokemon Go? Where Raw is red and SmackDown is blue and NXT is yellow, how could you not have worked that somehow into a Pokemon Go angle since those are the three teams at Pokemon Go? But anyway, because that uh, that that R Truth segment 
with Pokemon Go was just god awful. No, it's not. I, I crack up every single time. <laughs> like it was hilarious, but like it just seemed so out of place and like, I don't like, know. Screw you guys! Was, like, he's, catch, he's catching Pokemon. It was hilarious, but like it's—I don't know. It's just uh, I'm, I'm I'm starting to get tired of Gold Truth already. Like it's—I don't know, man. Like, it just kind of came out and went. I just Gold Dust needs to start making jokes like. But if it's a Pokemon, you'd have tagged it, or like you know, just just things like that. It just needs needs to happen. They need just if, if he's gonna do that, he needs to make like really sarcastic uh, Pokemon jokes. But anyway, all right. So the other non there's there's two other non-title matches uh, that are also gonna take place in the show. Um, one being Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. We're gonna either go to Suplex City or Viperville. What do you guys see happening in this one? Alexer? Alrighty. Well, Brock's going to be even more pissed off than normal just because he's got, uh, you know, all these allegations and proven facts and all that does uh, against him. Uh, especially after the Dean Ambrose podcast where I did see the, uh, the comments on Brock Lesnar. So uh, it's going to be interesting seeing like how fans react to him. After everything that's kind of transpired since UFC 200. That being said, I think Randy Orton's riding pretty high on a on a newfound uh, what's that? What's the word? Energy source, I guess would be a good way to put it because he's he's been pretty lively lately. And you know he's, the one liners reju- are pretty he's funny. Rejuvenated. But, uh, rejuvenated. There we go. There I was I was waiting for you know the. The, the play-by-play guy to come up with a good vocabulary. You're there. welcome. <laughs> but yeah, um, I honestly, I think I'm going to give it to Randy Orton here. Uh, one RKO, maybe two to get to Viperville. It's going to take at, at least two, but all right. I would love to see an F5 reverse into an RKO. That it, That's what I'm waiting for. I, I, I could see how that could happen. Cedric, what do you think? Yeah, when this match was first announced, I wasn't a big fan of it. And I think that WWE has done pretty good, especially this last Raw, where they gave that, that little video package where they showed how they started from the beginning and, and where they're at at this point in their careers. I think that I think that's what the WWE needs to do more and more with some of these feuds, just give you a, give you a backstory or background and, and, and run with it. I think that definitely helps. Add, add to the match, and and I think this this match is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I do believe that with WWE not punishing Brock because the the whole incident happened with the UFC and not with them, I don't see why they would just out of the blue give a loss to Brock Lesnar, especially with with Randy coming back from his from his prolonged time off due to his injury. But it's it is going to be a pretty interesting match, but. I think if there's bigger storylines still to tell, where Brock Lesnar is one of is the one of the main characters, keeping him undefeated will definitely help build and and give more fuel to whatever fuse they have down the road with him. So I I'm gonna give this one to Brock, but it, it will be interesting if if the way that Randy finds a win is at F5 reverse into RKO. He he has. Definitely give us some 
memorable, memorable RKO moments, and that will be one of those to add to the list. So, but I, I think Brock Lesnar is going to take this one. Okay, yeah, I um, was reading WWEinsiders.com today, and there uh, there's rumors that Lesnar is going to be released at the end of 2016 anyway. So, there you I go. Don't know. That changes everything. I would say I I I don't know. It's it's kind of one of those things to where I've said it before. I'll say it again. The only way you ever book Brock Lesnar to lose is if you want that to be the last match that he ever plans on wrestling, or at least for a long, long time, because you can't build the guy up as this this unbeatable attraction if he gets beat. So he's not Mick Foley who can come in and wrestle a hardcore style, and that that's what you're watching him for. You're watching Brock Lesnar to come in, go beast on a guy, and just beat him. If he loses, that entire persona, that entire you know gimmick is, is done. And so personally, I would have him beat Randy Orton here with a potential um, rematch, maybe at Survivor Series, and then Randy Orton beats him vanquishes Lesnar, and if this is to be believed, um, he might be released after that. But uh, for this one, I'm still going to say Lesnar's going to win. Uh, the video package was, was really awesome. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Lesnar had no problem being censored um, on the stuff that he was saying, and, you know, Orton threw a couple jabs out there. Now, I think they're saying, what did they say, 15 years in the making for this match? Mm-hmm. I think they I think they might have forgot yeah. the match. I think they might have forgot the match they had back in 2002 on SmackDown, but that's none of my business. So um, I'm gonna say Brock Lesnar, much like in 2002, is gonna win again against uh, against Randy Orton. So um, any other takeaways or comments? I do like on the the build up the video packages talking about OVW and other time down there. I thought that was pretty cool. Especially Batista with his vampire gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I agree with you, Rasquash. You know, it, 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 after everything he's done, the fact that he he he's the the one to to give a loss to the Undertaker of WrestleMania, which is huge. I'm sorry, Randy is is a good wrestler, but I think he himself is not is also on the downside of his career. You know, he's been injury prone and. Mm-hmm. He's an older guy. He still has still has star value. But just like I did not agree when somebody says Sting losing to Triple H was passing the, the torch, really. It's more like passing the, the, the cane. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't... I, if Brock Lesnar's going to lose to someone, and like you said, that'll be the last match, it, yes, it kind of, for some people, makes sense, legend versus legend, kind of, because Randy Orton, regardless of what people think of him, he is in that level after so many years that he's been wrestling. I would prefer him to to fight someone who who's up and coming and needs that one opponent to break, you know, through that barrier. You know what I'm saying? And, and hit that superstar level instead of just having Randy be the one to beat him. And because, like you said, once he loses at this point, maybe not so much in the past when he has lost, like with against John Cena, but I think at this point, once Brock Lesnar loses. And if it's a clean loss, definitely, or a clean win, excuse me, definitely it um uh, it will take away his his aura. So I I agree with you. Hopefully they there's more to it than just that 2006. What well, you were saying of him possibly being released at the end of the year. And 
people forget, I mean, he not only beat Undertaker at WrestleMania, he then proceeded to essentially beat Undertaker three more times. Um, the one win that The Undertaker did have was that fluky um, win where The Undertaker actually tapped and the ref didn't see it. But he still dominated Undertaker for a good majority of that match, and then never tapped, he passed out. So I look at I look at those and just say, you know, this guy dominated The Undertaker basically four times. And everyone else he's faced, he's pretty much just crushed. Now, if I had really had to pick someone that I'm going to put over a guy like Brock Lesnar, um, I, I would pick like a, a Bray Wyatt type character or somebody that's still a little younger that can actually benefit from the rub of beating Brock Lesnar. But, uh, eh, what do I know? You know, that's just my, my thoughts would be that if you're going to have somebody beat him, have it be someone relevant, someone a little bigger that can match his physicality and someone that it would, it would make sense to, to beat Brock Lesnar. So I would love to see a Bray Wyatt promo after beating Brock Lesnar. I've beaten the beast. I've conquered the conqueror. Yeah. Follow the buzzards. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so sounds like uh, we got what uh, one person taking Randy Orton then, and two taking Brock Lesnar in this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my fantasy land booking there. All right, and then the last singles match, non-title, is gonna be John Cena. Versus AJ Styles um, 2. Now, this match to me, I'm obviously really excited about it. My kids asked me which match I think is going to be the best one on the card. I said this match. Um, I think that they're going to they're gonna match that intensity from the first match, and they have even more chemistry now. I can see this being a fantastic match. Supposedly no club. You never know. Who knows what could happen. But... Um, since we're going to have SmackDown and Raw superstars there, and John Cena. Um, honestly, I can see this being that uh, setup for the for the rubber match in this one. I think Cena is going to get one over on, on Styles here, and it's going to lead to a third match, kind of a rubber match down the road. Um, probably go 20, 25 minutes in this match. It'll be a. Uh, I, th- I think it's going to be a good one, and hopefully ends better for John than last last year's SummerSlam did. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys think, Cedric? I really. If AJ were to lose against Cena, right. to be honest with you, this 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 will be one of those where people will start talking about burying somebody and can't bury AJ Styles, but. What else can you build after this? That's that's my that's my only concern with this one. I, we we've seen they have one network special match, but they've had a few right on um, on SmackDown or Raw. Yeah, you mean with the, with the club and the and club Cena. and yeah, and Cena with whoever he tagged with, you know, and and Cena they get the win with one of his super F fives, if I'm not mistaken, from mm-hmm. from the top rope. Yeah. I I just see all the fun and games that they had with the uh, beat beat up John Cena 
you know, hashtags that they had on. It, it was funny to actually see them on Instagram and on Twitter when they mentioned it, and, and their pictures were hilarious. But if if Cena wins on this one, I just don't see what else can you build up afterwards. Because the beat of John Cena thing will kind of be, will make too much sense at this point, especially since the club is on Raw and you got AJ on, on SmackDown. So, yeah, but if you, it, what, that, I was going to say, but if you have Cena lose both times, what is there for, for this feud to go forward either? Because would you rather do it this way and then Cena's going to come back and beat him in the next match? To me, at least you can set up a match where they're, they're kind of one-and-one, respectively, in singles matches, and then it leads to a third match down the road to really determine who's better. Um, whereas if you... If, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'll say if you have Styles win, he's beaten John t- two times. There's nothing mm-hmm. there's nothing left for him to do. There, there would be no reason for AJ Styles whatsoever to challenge John Cena ever again. Like, I guess if, if someone is thinking the way you're thinking... And writing the storyline to this, then your thinking makes sense. Again, I, you guys know that I've said in the past I've kind of lost faith in in creative. So hopefully, hopefully they are thinking the way you, you're thinking, and 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 they can continue to build. So under under your explanation, then definitely it will make sense then for Cena to win. Hopefully, it'll be another match where people are left with. A desire to see a third match. That's also my concern. That the first one was so good, you know, it, it really put for those who had never seen AJ Styles, it definitely put him on the map on on their WWE universe map. So mm-hmm. if they can if they can replicate and even take it to another level, then definitely let Cena win. Hopefully there is interference or whatnot, and and it still leads to him winning. That way there is a third one, and this time you know make it uh, a special type match where there ain't no way yeah. that it's going to be outer interference. And then, like you said, then we'll, we'll definitely say who, who the better man is. And, and hopefully at this point, AJ will have to win and, and, and push forward, hopefully to the, to the main title of, of SmackDown, which hey. that will be interesting in my opinion. You know, honestly, if I was booking this, AJ would lose and then they're kind of have that little bit of humble pie about being better than John Cena. Um, but leading up to the match, it's going to be all about AJ Styles adapted to get better and better and better to, to beat John. And I could see that like all his training and everything that's leading up to him wrestling John Cena at say Survivor Series or whatever. And uh, that that's kind of AJ's face turn since he doesn't have the club to worry about anymore. He doesn't have anything. And then he, he overcomes John Cena in the third match clean legitimately and says and then john even shakes his hand and says yeah you're better than me and then that's it that's the end of it they're in a cage match or a hell in a cell or whatever you want to do with it to to keep outside interference from it. and that, that's how that's how i would book it and that's what i i hope to see i i don't want to put yeah. my expectations too high but if they did something like that I, I i would be very happy and very impressed even if aj did lose the second match yeah because de- de- definitely uh, you know if seen Let's say Cena wins this one and then he wins the next one. Yeah. What's left for what's left for AJ? How do you push AJ from this point on, even as a heel or a face? How do you push him forward? Goes back to mid card. That's what happens. And and that's not gonna be a good thing for him. You know, he's not he's not a name that should be pushed at this point to a mid card, regardless of what some people say. You know, he 
he has his value. This is not Alberto de Rio we're talking about. We transitioned for whatever name he had in Mexico, which I for, I just drew a blank right now. Alberto came here. No, no, no. Alberto um, Carlos Jr.? I, yes, thank you. You know, this is this is AJ Styles we're talking about. And just to push him into a mid-card, it wouldn't make sense to me. So that, that's that's where I'm a little bit concerned. But what you said makes sense. You know, Cena winning now and they're having a, a third match. Hopefully, because Cena at this point, Cena losing, Cena is Cena in the yeah. WWE. He is established. No matter love him or hate him, he has established himself as the guy, point blank. So him winning against a, a third match against Styles doesn't do nothing for him. But, but Styles beating him definitely pushes him in WWE. In, into that title picture, and hopefully he he'll hold the title that Sting never did, which is is, is a sad thing to even say. But but I I, I like your, your thinking and and let's, let's go over that. I personally think that John Cena needs to get moved down to more of a gatekeeper type of type of role going forward, where he he may not be holding the title, but he's that guy. Like if you want to get to the title, you got to beat John Cena. And so I, I personally, if I was running the company, as wins and losses obviously matter, but you'd get a guy up there who you think's ready. Nope, John Cena beat him. You get a guy you think he's ready. Nope, John Cena beat him. And then you finally get that guy that moves up, beats John Cena. It's like, yeah, that guy's ready to be a champion. And so you use it as you use John Cena as that stepping stone to the next guy to become the the world heavyweight champion. And that's just to me that I think that's the most suitable, most fitting role for him at. At his age and as busy as he is, but anyway, he still has that one title win. He's that one title win away from tying Ric Flair. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but that's always behind people's minds as well. So, yeah, Hulkster, what do you think? All right, so here's my thing. First off, you guys keep talking about the second and third matches. So are we just kind of pretending that the battleground wasn't part of this feud where they uh, they had John Cena? Win in the six-man tag team match? Are we are we not considering that part of the feud as far as the one and one being even? I'm not because it wasn't a one-on-one match. Mm-hmm. Neither am I. Okay, so yeah, I think that's where it, we're we're kind of yeah. different in our because because I even said before Battleground, I thought it was a good idea for Cena to beat Styles in that match because mm-hmm. then it it wouldn't make Styles look weak and you could keep it you you could keep Cena sh- looking strong by by beating AJ in a non-singles match. Right, and then I I get that, and I agree with you. But uh, as far as scoreboard, like I still kind of feel like they're still one and one. Cause, I mean, he still did pin him off of a a super fu or I'm sorry, attitude adjustment. It's called the attitude adjustment. Man, he's going that. way That's back. But uh, <laughs> but I I, I still kind of consider that you know kind of a a one and one kind of thing. And I think what another part that really kind of throws me off with this whole thing is that we're talking about SummerSlam. We're talking about the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. SummerSlam has never really been a middle of the feud, just kind of keep the feud going thing. It's usually where feuds start or where feuds end, kind of like WrestleMania. So, or at least that's what I've always considered it as, or what I've always looked at it as. Mm -hmm. And so going forward, I, I feel like it would just get boring after SummerSlam. Uh, seeing them just, oh, they're going to fight again. Up, oh, they're going to fight again. And that's, we're going to start seeing more oversaturation. Now, sure, I hope this match is probably going to be better than the last two matches. 
even though the last two matches were pretty phenomenal, pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if we see Cena win, I don't really see fans, casual fans specifically, being interested in watching another match between them, especially because they got all this hate going on towards AJ as far as the, the whole soccer mom thing. Saw even uh, a sign last week that said AJ has a bitch face. So I mean, he's he's getting some some good heat here, but they're booing him more because it's fun to make fun of him, not because he's the bad guy. And a win against John Cena, especially a two and O singles win, I think would shut a lot of people up and really look at him like, oh hey, this guy's this guy really is for real instead of just oh he's just another guy who came from Japan and. You know, he's not as good as our WWE homegrown guys. So I, I, I would really love to see AJ beat John Cena at SummerSlam. But then again, I like rooting for the bad guy. So that's my two cents on this whole thing. It, it, it makes sense what you're saying, too. Like I, I like the way Rathquatch books it based on his, his mentality, his psychology that he has in the ring. But... Your your point of view is good too because a lot of trash has been said, and that's that's another thing that one of my coworkers was saying that like they keep talking about what he did in Japan. It's time to him to shine for what he does in the WWE, meaning AJ Styles. And obviously, Cena pretty much told him, if you lose and it doesn't work out, you're gonna you you just pretty much pack your bags and leave. So this winning this match, if there's nothing pushing forward. Would mean what what you just said, um, Hulk standing. But if there's another match, then I, I would say the way Rasquatch is saying it that that will be that will make sense. But there's there's so much trash talk that's been said that definitely a win. If there's one person that a win or a lose might hurt or build them right now is AJ Styles. So this this match is actually more important than people are probably thinking, especially for AJ because I don't think it, a win or loss is not really gonna hurt. Per Cena, in my opinion, it's more yeah. AJ Styles. If Cena wins this match. Yeah, if Cena wins this match, they're really gonna have to to put a lot of effort in for that for that AJ comeuppance on the next one. Uh, or yeah. even if they don't continue with this feud, they're gonna have to do a lot of work to to rebuild AJ up as a as a legitimate contender. Uh, I do like what you're what you're talking about. Is just I'm just I'm just curious how much of the fans are really going to buy into that supporting. I agree AJ. with that too. I agree with that too because they most WWE only fans haven't really been too much behind the AJ Styles bandwagon, even with everything they've talked about. And like I said, my own my own coworker was like, for people people like me that watch casually WWE, and and I am not going to go out of my way to search online things that AJ Styles did before. He came to the WWE. It's all about what we see in WWE. So and if he were to lose again, I'm pretty sure my my butt is gonna be like, okay, so what's so great about this guy? And and I and I think they did a really good job cleaning up the fact that he lost to Chris Jericho in a pretty high profile match because of the it was I think WrestleMania if I'm not mistaken, and they did a pretty good job letting people forget it. the guy did lose twice to Roman Reigns for the title. And John Cena did bring it up, so it's still there. So he, this win, a win now will mean a lot. But if he loses, like you said, it's going to take a lot 
to build another match because I think the casual fan is not really going to want to watch another match. But then what? What then what for both guys? Is Cena going to go for the title? Is then is AJ Styles going to be brought down to a mid-card level? Nah, this is a big match. This is really a big match. Yeah, I think I think if AJ loses, he's going to be next in line for the uh, United States Championship, which we'll get into here in a minute. But uh, anyways, so the United States Championship, yep. he's going to get traded over to Raw potentially. Um, there, so there, there, there have been talks of trades. Um, okay. Randy, or- Randy Orton being one um, potential trade going over to Raw, and then potentially bring in like a Kevin Owens or somebody like that, or Cesaro with his unhappiness from Raw over to over to SmackDown. So it's it's. I didn't take long. I've already I've already read the I've already read a lot of the the stuff that's floating around about that. But uh, but yeah, who knows? Um, it's too soon. I think that uh, I think that we're ready to to move on from this one. Um, what do you yeah. guys think? What do you guys think of the the tag team championship match? So we're gonna have Kofi and Xavier for the new day with um, Big E and his contusion on his penis um, <laughs> versus, versus Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Um, Big E, <laughs> Cedric, who, what, what do you think of this match and who wins? Okay, if there won't be no Big E because he got hurt and the little D. Yeah, or or what I'm calling the club now. That's the real club because it'd be swollen, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been a fan of the New Day as a, as a group. I haven't been a big fan of the New Day as champions. I really did not see much of the old era when you had the fabulous Freebirds and they were champions and it was all three of them. So I kind of grew up seeing an actual three man, uh, a six man tag team title, if you will, where, where some folks are saying that that's from New Japan. Just look history wise, that's something that in, in Mexican wrestling you, you'll see in the Lucha Libre style where you'd have a tag team. And you also have uh, a three-man team representing as, as champions because they do have a lot of matches where it's three-on-three. Three. So for me, I think it's time for these guys to drop these titles because I just don't see them going anywhere further, especially with the whole, for me, the whole three versus, or not three versus three, but three guys as champions and you don't know which Two is going to represent. Usually it's Kofi Kingston and, and Big E, but I think this will be a great opportunity to for them to drop the titles. Now, will that pre- give prestige to the club as a tag team and legitimize them on WWE? Them two who have been plagued with the whole how great they've been in New Japan because JBL will not let you forget, or in this case now Corey and whatnot. I don't think so, but it's a, it's the perfect. It's the perfect time to drop the titles. They already broke the record from from Paul London and and Brian Kendrick. I don't see them breaking on from from demolition. And Michael Cole alluded to that on this past Raw. And it'll be a perfect time for for the club to finally get bumped up to the beast that they are. 
but also Biggie coming back and saying, you know what, the reason you beat us is because I wasn't there. And, and there's so much story that can be built afterwards mm-hmm. because obviously I, I've, I haven't really read, but people have kind of mentioned, you know, how about if one of the, almost like the shield where one, one of the guys just ends up going his own separate way. You know, Xavier Woods has just been the Francesca tooting, hair raising, you know, booty old guy on, on the Rudy corner. Tootie. The Rudy Tootie Booty. But he, he has shown that he has wrestling. You know, he has that fire, especially against Bray Wyatt, when he just came out and did some of his moves. So it will be interesting. But this will be the perfect moment if they want to do something like that, where they these guys do drop the title because it's them too. Because losing, a, if it's Kofi and, and Xavier and the club loses to them, dude, that, that's it. That The club is done. They'll be just a, a mockery, just like their little funny segment as doctors, that's what they will become, and we—they're—they're they're above that, uh, in my opinion. We don't—we don't need a uh, another Golden Truth uh, team with jokes and whatnot. So this will be the perfect time for them to win and then continue to build because then there will be a legitimate grip. Hey, the New Day wasn't complete; their, their powerhouse wasn't there. So, so the right. club. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, I said all that to say the club wins. Yep. All right. Hawkster? Uh Well, as far as the uh, the doctor and uh, the ring postitis, I thought that actually fit pretty well. Because I mean, if you look at some of uh, some of their promos individually, like they do have a pretty dry, corny sense of humor to begin with. So I thought it fit them pretty well. I thought the whole background, like the blue background. And then walking out with the rogues on, I thought was a little much. But uh, honestly, I thought it fit pretty well. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and honestly, it was, it was funny. But then again, I've got a real cheeseball, corny, dry sense of humor as well. So maybe that's why I, I really enjoyed cheeseball. it. Exactly, you know. <laughs> but, uh, okay. but yeah, I can, uh, I can see this being a real test for the new day. And uh, Testy. Yeah, I mean. I can I can see how uh, I can see how Xavier would uh, would really go nuts if uh, if they lost the title. Nuts. So it'd be uh, you know it'd be uh, it'd be great for us to see how the uh, this match. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the club. All right. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so so I honestly, when it comes to the the promos that they did. I liked it. Anytime that you, they can actually show that they have some type of personality, whether it's making fun of New Day to get heat or whatever it might be. Because otherwise, they were just like drones. They were just walking around, and they were kind of just following AJ Styles around. They didn't have a, a real thing to identify with, at least not since they've, they've come into WWE. So I really thought that, that just that one promo did a lot for them momentum-wise. Um and then also the brutality really, uh, boosted their self-esteem. It, it did. So the the um, mentality-wise, though, uh, the, their aggression, their their want to harm, those type of things is kind of what makes their attitude in the ring. But they needed to show a few things outside the ring, and I think they did that, you know, with this most recent promo. I also can see the club getting the title here. The only issue I have is I, I, I know they're not going to break up New Day because Kofi has come out and said many times, hey, when when New Day's done, I'm done. I'm retiring. So if you break up the New Day, you're essentially losing 
two people from the New Day because whichever they, whichever one goes off and does their singles push, Kofi isn't interested in wrestling outside of when they're done with their New Day stuff. And Xavier Woods actually is is working on his YouTube channel and wanting to do more with video game type stuff, and is starting to get less interested in in the wrestling side of things. So. You you may be right. It could be something where it, it this this could end the new day down the like you know six months to a year down the road, um, if not sooner. But it might be where two you know two of those people just just may not be performing anymore. Um, sad as that might that might seem. But uh, yeah, I can I can see the club definitely picking up picking up a win here. Kofi and Xavier, the two smaller guys trying to take on. Gallo's just a giant of a man, and, and Anderson is kind of a good all-round performer. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the club as well. There's a win here, and the tag team titles will change hands. What do you guys got? I like the pun about uh, New Day not performing. Yeah, I didn't Sorry. catch that one. <laughs> not performing. Not performing. Yeah, it, it was a little bit of a stretch, but uh, stretch. You know, stretch. Uh, stretch a few things out, so. Stretch. <laughs> it, it it's true though like what, what you guys are saying. You know it, that that is that is one team. I don't see them having individual success. I'm not saying that they cannot because as Kofi's a great individual wrestler, Big E definitely has the potential to be built even more, just like he was in NXT. Not sure if the people will buy that. Like the casual fan would buy into it as much as they did on NXT. The NXT fans, but. Xavier, as an individual wrestler, not so much. I he I think he would literally fall into more of a jobber type. So once that group is done, I think really that group is done. This is not going to be like the Shield where they go individually and can potentially down the road get back together in one of those anything can happen in the WWE type scenarios. But the only way I see the the only way I see these guys holding on to their title is if Big E just comes. And does a spe- uh, a run and out of nowhere, hey, he he comes out of the crowd or something and helps them win. But if not, I think it's a, a perfect opportunity to have the club win. All right, Alex, you got anything else? Yeah, I'm ready to go buy my uh, box of Budio cereal because it's a real cereal now. Fye. Yeah. yeah, if you want to pay like 15 bucks for a box of it, sure. Well, I mean, they're already selling the actual box itself for $20 at WWE events, so why is oh, come on. pay $5 less for the box? Yeah, but there's, then, a t- uh... there, there's a t-shirt in it. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was just an empty box. <laughs> no, no, there's a t-shirt in the box for 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, okay. Is there going to be a t-shirt in my... Is there going to be a t-shirt in my cereal? No, it okay. Oh. So the the actual cereal they just started making, and you can only buy it from this one website. But yeah. the the previous Budios boxes were boxes that had a that had a shirt in it. Oh, okay. So I and thought people were just buying the box. No, and now they've made legitimate. Now they make legitimate cereal, but you can only buy it from one company, and it is like fifteen dollars for a box. Okay. Well, that's yeah. Okay. It's new day in a box, but um. So, and make sure you ain't booty. It's Big E in the box. Big E's, well, never mind. All right. 
So <laughs> does the cereal have nuts in it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was saying it, it has marshmallows. Oh. oh, but anyways, so marshmallows. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's marshmallows, but uh, Sasha Banks versus Charlotte for the WWE Women's Championship. Dana Brooke is banned from ringside for this matchup. What's going to happen here? What do you think, Halkster? Well, I don't see how Sasha Banks can lose her first title defense, especially at SummerSlam, especially after the big emotional victory that she had. However, I really enjoyed Charlotte as a champion. Mm -hmm. She was a really, really great heel champion. And uh, I would kind of like to see uh, this back and forth continue to go. That being said, if you continue to just back and forth the title, it's going to lose some prestige because sure. no one's going to be able to defend it. But uh, I, this is going to be an interesting. But I'm going to I'm going to have to go with uh, with Sasha. And it's, I'm going to say this is actually going to continue the feud. I know what I said earlier about SummerSlam being the the end of the big feuds. But uh, this is one of those cases I would like to see the feud continue. I want to see Sasha beat Charlotte clean and then Charlotte go into this just kind of mental confusion. Like, how could I lose? How could I lose? You know, and she loses clean without any kind of interference whatsoever. And Charlotte's like, well, maybe I did need help from all those other people. And so maybe that could be like a, a possible turnaround and have her come back and really just kind of start DTA, don't trust anybody kind of thing. Okay, interesting. Cedric? All I, all I hope is that these two ladies come out safe and, and, and healthy out of their matches because they pretty much are crazy. They put it all on the line. They, yeah. they, they do moves and stuff. You know, we've seen already, we've seen Sasha. <laughs> We've seen Sasha take some pretty, pretty nasty bumps in her in her high-profile matches. Either the two that she had on NXT against Bailey, she took some pretty nasty hits, and even here with Charlotte, she's taking some bumps. That she she's like, she's like Daniel Bryan, and she throws it out there and she leaves it all in the ring, and, and just like Biggie, Biggie, <laughs> he has some of those moves that a lot of people have been calling, dude. You gotta slow down a bit and I think Sasha's one of those that she needs to slow down a little bit. And Charlotte too, man, that, that moon sort off the third rope to the outside. There wasn't too much cushion there because mm-hmm. well a little bit of a bump Sasha took didn't break that fall. And so hopefully they'll be safe. It should be a good match. I have I have not seen a bad match yet from Sasha when it's those high profile type matches. She always delivers. Charlotte, that girl is a with all due respect, no, I don't need nobody getting mad. That that lady, she's really she really is an athlete. She she is who she is. She doesn't need to hide behind the flair name. She definitely is her own her own person. Who wins? I I would prefer to see Sasha win. I think Pakistani made a good point to losing your first true title defense will be kind of messed up. Not that it has not happened in the WWE, you know, but I would rather have her win. Not. Don't forget a Charlotte. Don't let her, you know, just, okay, so she lost. Let's bring the next person. 
but just keep her in the in the title picture. But definitely, you know, I, I'm not sure when Nikki's gonna come back. I've heard that Nikki's getting super pumped, ready to revamp her character, move, new move set, and everything. So eventually, I would assume that will be if she gets drafted into SmackDown. That is, I, I would think. She will be an, another contender. I, I don't see Natalia being a contender, although with the heel turn, who knows? Becky, poor Becky. That it's gonna take a lot of building to put Becky Lynch again into a title title picture. But yeah, all the kings horses the only, and all the kings men. Those are the only two that can put freaking Becky's career back together again. But anyway, I thought you were gonna say I they think... couldn't be Becky Lynch's friend. Well, yeah, they turn on her too eventually. <laughs> they, 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 they'd show up, put a couple pieces back, and then just start stomping on her again. God, jeez. She's the she's the only person that her imaginary friend turned her back on. Yep. It's back on her too. So no kidding. Um, so the, really, that the, these are the only two women that right now I think make sense in SmackDown. So hopefully Sasha wins and and they continue the. They they continue the the feud between them. That's that's all I can see. So hopefully Sasha wins. It'll, it'll, it'll be really after everything has been said, even McFoley blogging on it and all that stuff. Definitely, um, Sasha wins. There's there's, yeah. there's no no other way. I'm just I, kind of concerned what happens next more than I anything. Think, I, I think Sasha Banks beats beats Charlotte, and it kind of proves once and for all that. Charlotte did need a little bit of, you know, probably did need help in, a, in some of those victories. And it also pushes Sasha Banks forward as finally getting over that, that hump and dealing with Charlotte, who's been using all these underhanded tactics. She finally gets that opportunity to be one-on-one with the heel, no excuses, no interference, no nothing, you know, a chance to get in there and just kind of beat her up. Um, I think that that'll be, uh, I think that'll be the, the exciting part of this matchup. Um, Sasha Banks will win. What's next for both of these two? Man, I... I don't know, but you've got all these different things with Nia Jax that have, that have been showing and her coming out and, and beating up on some jobbers and things like that. So who knows how quickly they, they plan on pushing her. As far as Charlotte, I could see her moving down, work, trying to find a different a different face to work with, or maybe even her and Dana Brooke um, kind of doing their thing for a little while. Either Charlotte, like Houkster said, maybe turns over a new leaf after this again or you know just her and dana brooke decide to 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 feud for a while we'll just have to see what happens all right so next we're going to cover the uh rusev versus roman reigns match for the wwe united states championship now i'm going to say kind of going into this this match i kind of feel like roman reigns has been more the heel in these confrontations with Rusev. I mean, Rusev and Lana just, 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 Lana just wanted to talk about their wedding and come out and have some cake and celebrate with everyone. Then out comes Roman Reigns, has to ruin everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but uh, hey, at least at least Roman is getting some cheers now. Um, that he's in, in more of a mid card type of role and. Um, Rusev is definitely getting the booze, so both guys um, doing a pretty good job. Yep. So the, the, yeah, well, okay. Woo! So, water polo. So, Rusev, um, I think, though, in the end, I, I don't think they're done with Roman as far as being in the doghouse, and I honestly think he'll lose to Rusev here. 
for the uh, United States Championship. And then who knows what's next for Roman Reigns. But that's my prediction. What do you guys think? Hoxton. I'm in the same boat. Uh, I mean, Roman Reigns is basically that, that drunk brother-in-law who shows up at your wedding and just starts giving you this horrible toast. Like, just just go away. Let us let us do this on our on our own thing, you know. Uh, but yeah, like I, I definitely got that same vibe of Roman's still kind of almost like a tweener type thing. Mm-hmm. Not as good as Randy's tweener, but uh, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> we, 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 we are talking about wrestling, uh, right? Continue on. I think I might have some ring postitis, man. Oh, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I haven't had breakfast today, so there we go. Kind of um, about tweeners. Actually, it, you know what sounds make, really good? A banana a nut muffin. Hey. Oh, <laughs> Making a tweener in my pants right now. Continue. All righty. Well, I'm not going to say that <laughs> word anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I think they're going in the right direction with Roman Reigns, kind of bringing him down a peg. At the same time, if he wins the United States Championship on his first attempt, it just kind of puts everybody who's attacked Rusev and lost just completely in the gutter, like. Wow, he just demolished Rusev. And honestly, as much as I hate to see Rusev as the United States champion, I love to see him as the United States champion. Like, this is almost as good as his first run uh, as a champ. But I'm, I'm enjoying this. I, I want to see it continue. So let's have, let's have Rusev beat Roman Reigns. I don't think he's going to tap him out in the accolade. But I think he's gonna beat him. Maybe even a fluky finish. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say Rusev wins. Maybe some interference by Lana. Oh, okay. Maybe Lana gets some revenge for the the uh, the Carrie looking uh, scene that that ended up happening to her on uh, Monday. Yeah, yeah. Throw some throw some cake back in Roman's face. That'd be well. All right, yeah, that, that'd be that that'd be that'd be good. <laughs> Cedric. Let the puppies loose. What's your prediction? I I think we we've talked about Rusev pretty much on every podcast. At some point, I think we mentioned him. So I think he's in. He too is in not at the category of Brock Lesnar. Let me let me say that first. But he is in that same plane as in he has been built once again to the monster that he was when he started. Even the commentators have been saying it because they have been copying us. Yeah. And just like just like how Stanley said, you know, if Roman were to win on his first attempt, it kind of throws everything up to this point out the window. Rusev is going to lose at some point. But it shouldn't be now. It shouldn't be so soon. And definitely not to Roman, who we all know pretty much just came back from his 30-day punishment or whatnot. So I, I, I think Roman looked really comfortable. And, in in, you know, my, my buddy at, at work, uh, shout-out shout to Zach Davis, he, he mentioned that he said, look, this is the most comfortable I've seen him on the mic. Uh, he actually, I actually believe this Roman Ring persona. He he actually did look drunk, but <laughs> it, it it was good. It made sense, and like 
calm down. I'm not here to, you know, to mess this up. I just want to, I noticed you have a best man. So, uh, you know, I'm taking one for the team. I want to be your best man. That was pretty, it was pretty funny, mm-hmm. actually. And, and the way it ended, you know, how he left and, you know, my bad, you know, kind of makes him look kind of heelish. But I would like to see a Rusev win. You know, don't I don't want to see either a DQ happens where the, by disqualification Roman wins and not actually a, a clean win, but Rusev keeps the title. Definitely, I, and and not even make anything about this. I, I don't think we should even continue this feud between them two. You know, be one of those things that just happens one and done, and that's it. So really, I think Rusev should win. Rusev should continue his 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 dominance with the title and. Once you have that really truly up and coming guy that that can legitimately beat him and and carry the title and and continue the, to push the title and his prestige, yeah. But I don't think right now that should be Roman. That's just what I think. All right. Yeah, I think we're we're all in agreement. And Rusev has just been so outstanding in his role. It's just it'd be so hard to take a title off him when he's been doing such a great job. So, um, all right. So. So, anybody have anything else before we we cut out to the Intercontinental Championship match? All right, cool. Yeah, good. So, The Miz with Maurice versus Apollo Crews for the WWE Intercontinental Championship match. Um, For me, I still think it might be a touch too early to have Apollo Crews in, in contention for the Intercontinental Championship. Um... Which is why I don't I don't think he'll win. I think the Miz is gonna retain the title once again against Apollo Cruz. I don't know if he'll do it cleanly. Um, no idea, but uh, I think he will retain the title. Apollo Cruz just has a little bit. I think just a little bit more time for me to to really see him. Um, I actually thought that uh, uh, Baron Corbin was in a better position to be up for this title, but you can't have heel versus heel, so. Um, I, I kind of see why they ended up doing it this way. But I see The Miz beating Apollo Crews in this match. I could still see both having a really good showing, though. Um, what's your guys' thoughts? We'll go back to Houkster first on this one. All right. Well, I'm actually in the exact opposite of what I think is going to happen. But I think it's exactly for the same reasons that you put or that you mentioned. It, it, it might be a little too early for Apollo Crews. However, that's why he's going to win. Because no one's going to expect it. And even just the last few weeks, every time he's been showing The Miz, I mean, he's been so aloof and real kind of lazy and lethargic in just about everything he's done when it comes to being in the ring. You know, he's just been very distracted by, you know, his his good looks and his good-looking wife that I don't think he's going to be truly focused. I think he's going to be walking into this ring thinking, okay, this is going to be an easy match. And I think Apollo Crews is going to bite him in the butt, metaphorically, mm. not literally. Um, <laughs> and then he's going to be like, okay, well, maybe I need to get into this match. And then we start having a really, really good match. But a little too late, Cruz is already rolling. And uh, I think he's going to get a real big surprising upset. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Cedric? That kind of does does make sense. One of those surprise of the night type matches where you're like, oh shoot, I didn't see that one coming. It it, it does make sense, and plus, it also makes sense by by what you were saying, um, Rasquash, that Baron Corbin, 
I feel is more is actually more suited to actually carry a title. A lot of people are hating on Baron Corbin and a little early rant of the night. Guys, give these give these guys a chance. You know, I see so many people hating on these new arrestors that I'm like, what do you guys expect? The older wrestlers are getting old. Can't keep carrying a company on the backs of the older wrestlers, right? Close rant. I think Baron Corbin, because what you said heel versus heel for the title might not be what people want to see. Having someone like Cruz win it, surprisingly, because of the reasons that Hog Standing said, would probably put, will make a better matchup down the road between him and, and, and Corbin. Now, should he win specifically for that? No. I can see, unfortunately, another, um, gosh dang it, I forgot his name. He won the title just to lose it the next day. I, I can see something like that happening again where he might lose the title and then just invoke his rematch on the, the next, the same week and, lo- and win it again. Is that good for the title? Heck no. Is yeah. it good to keep build, putting one more title run on the Miz? Oh, he's the freaking 20 time IC title run. Obviously, that's not it, but no, I don't think that would be good either. But it, it kind of makes sense, you know. Do I think it's too early? Do I think Apollo Crews has a star power at this time to carry a title? No, not really. I don't, I don't think so. I'd rather see uh, on Raw. Mr. Neville carry a title eventually cruise away probably would be best for him. But then again, it'll be one of those surprises. It, it will just throw everybody into a loop that this young young up-and-comer has the title. What happens next? I have no idea. Because he would definitely need a lot of building and, and some really good feuds to push him forward as a legitimate champion. But... I, Man. You know, so I, I can see I can see it happening based on that, but but then again, you know, the Miz is almost also in in that Rusev plane where he's been doing his thing as as a champion. That to take it away from him now, kind of, and it be being against somebody so green still. It ugh, I don't know. This is this is a tough one. I'm gonna go with the Miz, but I can definitely see Hawk Standing's point of view happening. Yeah. It- you know what's funny, Cedric, is uh, you um, when when you said it's it's gonna be, I almost thought you said Obi Wan Kenobi, and it it didn't. I was I was like, what is he talking about for a second? And then my mind had to process what you just said. So congratulations, you had me thoroughly confused there for three or four seconds. And when I go back and listen to that, I'm have to laugh about it. All right. I confused a lot of people. Well, you know, maybe. I think I just must have heard wrong. I have bad ears or something. All right. So Speaking have- of confusing, I'm just kind of curious why Apollo Crews is in this match and not Carl Weathers. <laughs> well, yeah, after Daniel Bryan did, did, did say that Apollo Creed would be coming. Um, <laughs> Now, what would have been great is if they if they would have dressed uh, if they would have dressed Xavier Woods back into his um true or his, into his Creed out, outfit and, and come out. He he should do that one last time just as a, a rib on Daniel Bryan. But anyway, um, I digress. So next we have uh, let's see, we'll do Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins for the new, but kind of like old. WWE Universal Championship that, that 
the Universal Championship was never a WWE thing, but uh, there has been a Universal Championship in the past. I'm sure Cedric we could, could tell you all about it. But, um, yep. What do you guys think of this? Two wins. Tell me about it, Cedric. Cedric, go ahead. I'm rooting for Finn Balor to win. You know, Seth is a great wrestler, and he has many championship runs in, in, in his belt. If, uh, barring any injuries or anything that might happen, uh, I can see Seth being the face that runs the place. He That, that promo that he cut was amazing. I actually liked it. That's one of my one of the reasons that I think Raw is really doing well. They they did a really good job with his promo. I I didn't really buy the whole demon thing with from Finn Balor. You know, he doesn't have the voice, but that's the that's the scary thing about him. He he looks almost like the kid that you wouldn't think two seconds that he, he will beat you, so you try to take his lunch money and you happen to find out the hard way the kid has a black belt in jujitsu. That's the way he, Finn Balor is. He almost like Looks too quiet, but every single time that he's had those network specials on NXT, that he brings brings out the whole demon persona, he definitely brings it up a, a, a lot. Actually, you almost feel like he becomes the heel in the in the match. That's how much more violent, more strong style his his wrestling becomes. So this is gonna be a really good match. I'm rooting for Finn Balor, but either way, I, I don't I don't. I wouldn't get mad if Seth wins. I know a lot of people are going to throw the hole. It's too soon for Finn Balor to win, especially coming from NXT. But then again, even even Seth Rollins alluded to, you know, this guy had a different persona. And he also has been mentioned before what he's done, what he's accomplished outside of WWE. So it might be too soon WWE roster-wise, but... I can see him winning. He 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 too is one of those guys that's r- riding that wave from NXT into the main roster. That, but I'm rooting for Finn, but I wouldn't be surprised if Seth, being the more legitimate, already established wrestler, were to win. Especially since it is it is the first ever WWE Universal w- title champion. So if Seth were to win, I I can see why he's more established as a main roster guy. But don't be surprised. So the, the the real question is, do you think that Carlos Colon would approve of either of these two gentlemen as champions? Carlos Colon is rolling in his grave, man. Carlos Colon's pissed off. I think I just killed Carlos Colon. Gosh dang it. <laughs> anyway. I didn't think he was dead yet, but continue. Nah, Car- Puerto Rico, man. The, the memes coming out from Puerto Rico are just hilarious. People are just <laughs> upset how listening to these guys say this is the first ever. And people are like, come on, guys. Seriously. Like somebody, somebody in WWE is getting paid not to be creative, but to actually scope around different companies and 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 taking bits and pieces. I I, I just can't wait to see what this title looks like, because if it looks anything like the, the Puerto Rican title, the the one colon you got to worry about is Carlos Colon showing up with with Epico <laughs> Primo Carlitos and yeah. his other ten kids. And yeah, it was you know the the other thing um, I've heard anyway. That it's literally gonna look just like the world championship except red. Oh gosh. Yep. Please don't. But it has it, to be different. Well, it has we'll, to. Come we'll on. See. Now. That's that's the rumor. rumor. So it's gonna be the women's championship? Except the women's championship isn't red exactly. It's the I'm talking like the strap, the inside, everything's red. Um, all red everything. Yeah. Ah, so it's gonna be uh Eva Marie's championship, gotcha. Oh, 
which rumor has it she's going to be the first SmackDown Women's Champion too, but it's another rumor for another day. So, um, <sighs> Hulkster, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. All right. Okay. So, to me, this whole segment has been gold. I, I've really enjoyed it. There's only really one segment or portion of a segment that I thought was really kind of awkward, and that was when Seth Rollins was saying, Finn Balor isn't even his real name. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, one, no shit, and two, no shit, Colby Lopez. I mean, <laughs> really? <laughs> like, it was just hey, really I'm awkward. pretty. I'm pretty sure his real name is Tyler Black, okay? Yeah, it was just, it was just really awkward <laughs> for that to <laughs> kind of – yeah, I was like, wait, what? What? No, I think so – I, I the, just thought that was kind of awkward. Yeah, but I think the whole point he was trying to make was that he just stole from Irish – traditions to try to make himself seem more intimidating i think that's what seth was getting at that like this whole persona finn balor doesn't mean anything because he just took it from names of irish folktales but continue gotcha but uh, i will say this though that set up perfectly for the uh for the promo for finn balor and it kind of had like a weird undertaker type feel to it sitting in that little Smoking coffin room. room, whatever it was, a little cavern, cave. I don't know exactly what he was standing. Look at like a tomb. I'm pretty sure it's um, the same cave that they where they found uh, parts unknown with the Ultimate Warrior. There you yeah, go. I think it was the same cave. Continue. But uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome. And I don't know, maybe it's because like I'm really into a lot of like Irish lore, like old old Irish lore uh, before the Romans moved in. So. Like I got goosebumps listening to Finn Balor talking about all the the heroes and demons and warriors and monsters and kind of the lineage, so to speak, of his character. I, I, I dug that. I thought that was really awesome. And uh, at the very end, teasing the demon for SummerSlam, I, I think they've booked Finn Balor so strong that I don't see how he is going to lose to Seth Rollins. I think Seth Rollins is pretty established right now uh, to where a loss wouldn't hurt him as the main event heel because he's honestly, I think he's the best guy in WWE all around right now. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Finn Balor become the first WWE quote unquote universal champion. Um, and this for that specific reason, I think they can do a lot together uh, in ring and out of ring. Um, their little face to face uh after Finn Balor was named the his opponent and it's like the only thing that's gonna be handed to you is your arse. Like that that was just so cool. Like I've this is the kind of feud I've been really wanting to see from wrestling where two guys just going at it and it's not because I stole your girlfriend or because I wanna beat you up or because you have a soccer mom haircut. It's just two guys wanna be champion. And it's just a real heated rivalry, and I'm enjoying this. So did, I'm, I'm going to say Finn Balor is going to win. Wow! But it's it's going to keep going. Did you turn into Rex Roman off there for a second, where you said you you have you have soccer mom haircut? You, <laughs> you have soccer mom haircut. <laughs> you just anyway, we got we got to we got to get him back on the show one of these days. But uh, anyway, I think it's because of me being in Alaska and there's so much Russian culture around me. Maybe. Oh, I get. Next thing you'll be wrestling from your house. Ne- next thing you'll be wrestling bears, you know. So I did actually see a bear a couple weeks ago. So uh, 
I didn't want to wrestle him because Mama Bear was not very far away from him. And <laughs> yeah, Mama Bear. Mama Bear. No, I was gonna wrestle a cub. I might have a chance oh. against a cub. Be a star. <laughs> <laughs> you bully. I just beat up a little kid. Congratulations. No, I was I was taming a wild beast. <laughs> So to speak. So to speak. All right. Yeah, I beat you to it. All right. So um, for me, I would have told you I felt like it was a little bit of an awkward angle, much like, much like you said initially, and I thought Finn Balor just didn't seem comfortable talking at all until I saw the promo on Monday where, you know, it gets in that kind of eerie background and everything he's given the background of his character. thought that was uh, one of the best promos I'd seen in a long, long time from anybody. So I think Cedric, I think you're the lone wolf on this one. Oh, on uh, whether you like this uh, that particular promo or not, uh, I I enjoyed it, um, and I thought it it did a lot to kind of show the progression of these guys' feud. So um, as far as the winner, I'm the I'm the lone wolf. Because you said you didn't think his voice uh, suited it. So you didn't you didn't no, like it that much. It, his his voice is is really calm, but it, that's why I said it, it goes with the whole. The whole switch, like, is is one of those guys that you do not expect him oh, to be I, that way, and then all of a sudden he switches. I thought you were, I thought you were saying. Um, no, no, I'm not. I'm not hating that. on it. it. It was, it was, it was interesting. Like, it, it's just weird to see how he doesn't have that raspy voice that the Undertaker might have, or Kane, or even Bray Wyatt's like persona that you, but it's so believable, and then all of a sudden he just switches it, and and even at the end when you see glimpses of the demon, that that was pretty cool. Like I, I've been following Finn Balor for a while before even this happened. So I've liked the guy the whole time. It's just weird to hear him talk. Ah, I see what and, you're saying. And realize how he, how he switches, and then all of a sudden he goes from like that kid that you think you could beat up, and when he goes to demon persona, he just he brings his level of intensity. It, it just doubles or triples. That, that's that's what I meant. Yeah, he turns, so no, that's no. Cool. he turns it up to eleven. I will say this. Yeah, he plays the split personality way better than Kane ever did. I don't know about I, I don't know about that I don't know about that. I'm Kane. just saying it's more believable, like uh, reality was. Mm, yeah. With, with I, Kane, it's just like it's it's comical. But I think that's part of the point too with Kane's character. But yeah, I can see what you're saying. Because Kane is supposed to not know that he has this other persona of himself, whereas Finn's well aware of it and knows how to use both right, personalities. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I I I got you. All right. As far as the as far as the winner for me, oh man, I might as well flip a coin. Flip. Um, shit. I'm gonna take Seth Rollins to to win this again against Finn Balor, but not clean. And I think it'll set up something else uh, for them to do down down the road again. They're gonna need something um, to go into Survivor Series with, and then eventually maybe even into the Rumble time period. So. That's my pick, and I'm sticking to it. So we've got one more match to cover, and that's Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE World Championship. Um, Cedric, how do you see this match going? Who wins? You know, I, I like the, the segment that they had on WWE.com where Michael Cole sat with Dolph Ziggler. And if if you hear it, Dolph is one of the, is another one of those guys that the voice, the persona, you don't you don't see it. 
WWE, I don't think, has done a really good job selling it. But in that interview, you can you can tell the guy's passion for wrestling. And you can tell he, he loves wrestling. He takes it seriously. And this is another one of those make-or-break type of wins. I, I think Dolph has more to lose, literally, with losing this match than Dean would. I think a, a loss for Ambrose, people will still support Ambrose. People still be, will be backing him up, you know. You guys already know I'm not very, I'm not a big supporter of, of the Dean Ambrose reign. So I'm supporting Dolph Ziggler on this one. Is it going to happen? I, I just don't see Ziggler being the one to take the title off of him. But I really would like for Dolph Ziggler to win. So I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna stay with Dolph Ziggler. I think it, this will do much more for his career as individually now. Will the people buy into it? I don't know. I, I think... This is one of those that if, if he were to lose, WWE should not let it go. They should really build him even more and more and keep building him. with, Because definitely with time, I, I can see people supporting more Dolph, especially if Dean were to go more heel-esque um, route. But definitely I would like to see Dolph win. Dolph, Dolph is, is, is one of those wrestlers that people, like he himself said, people support me all the way up to the point where they know that I'm not going to win the big one. And then, oh, he's such a great wrestler. He's, he's so, so good. He's very athletic, but he's not good enough. I, I, and even he, in the, in the five-minute interview, he even mentioned how people took him all the way to becoming a champion the first time because that's how much they wanted to see him win. And then all of a sudden, his, his whole persona, his aura just dropped. And he blames himself. He blames the, the powers to be. And, but I think it's a good moment to make him champ and just mm. – He's not a new era guy. He's been around for a while, but with a new era to see different people win, people from the new era, and even people who have been around for a while, but you would never expect them to win, I think that would be a good turnaround, and I wouldn't mind seeing him win. Cool. All right. Alexander? No contest. You think it's going to be a no contest? I think it's going to be a no contest. I think... Uh... I think Luke Harper is going to return from his injury, join Bray and Eric Rowan, and they're just going to lay waste during the middle of this match. Now, I think it'll be a good, entertaining match up until that point, but I don't think we're going to have a clear, decisive ending. I think uh, I think the Wyatt family is going to come in and just wreak havoc on this match, and then uh, at the next pay-per-view, we're going to have a triple threat. Hmm. Now, is it wreak havoc or wreck havoc? Do both of them. Well, a little bit of both, especially if Luke Harper returns. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. You know, he's got that stain on his shirt, and mm-hmm. yeah, so nice clean react. Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely will give time to build. If, if something like that were happen, definitely it will give even more time to build Ziggler as as a as a true contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not chicken tender, by the way. McDonald's really good on you switching the whole tender thing. I th- I'm pretty sure it's called Tendies. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what Big right, E has. Some he, he, he's got some tendies right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Big E needs to go to Mickey D. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. Oh. 
All right. So no contest. Interesting theory. Um, and uh, honestly, the main reason I say that is because, like, watching Raw, I feel like we've got a very serious and a very well put together build up for SummerSlam. Watching SmackDown, I feel like SummerSlam's still a month away. Like it just everything is so slow. Like it's it hasn't really given me like oh oh crap SummerSlam's next weekend. Like I just feel like everything's been a very slow build on SmackDown. It just I don't see how they're gonna come on and culminate everything that's been going on in just one more go home episode. So uh unless they decide next Monday to make this a triple threat or next Tuesday to make this a triple threat. Um, because Wyatt has been pretty much the the focal point of every show of the new era on SmackDown since the brand split. So yeah. my my only concern I'm, is I, that yeah. it, it looked like he was hurt. I think I I saw reports he was limping away again and he had hurt himself recently again. So I don't I'll know. Hope <laughs> that, that's what derailed them last time when he started doing great after yeah. the rock. Yeah. But because there was there was video of him really limping, like legit limping away from the ring, and there was a previous injury the week before. So he's either struggling through some type of injury, or you know, it, we just they don't they didn't ever said how bad it was. That would be bad. That would really be bad if, if this if he were to go away for a time again. But all right for me. Um, man, it's tough, and I hate to do it to to Dolph, but I just I don't see why you know Dean would have carried this title, carried it over on a new show, kind of be the flagship guy of the show, just to have Dolph Ziggler suddenly come back to life after years and years. Now, a, f- a couple of things leading up to this feud. Number one, um, Dean seemed a little bit heelish again. Kind of going into this thing from the his expressions, the stuff that he said about Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. the different things he's he's I've seen a change in his personality since Dolph won the number one contendership, and it's like Dean as a character truly doesn't believe that Dolph Ziggler is worthy of competing for this title. That's a fluke that they're you know that he's not a real contender for this championship and. So I don't know if there's anything for real going on, or and hell, maybe yeah. that, maybe maybe even that's like his whole deal with the Stone Cold podcast was just maybe it was all a work for Dean, because I know he he keeps some kayfabe still alive. So maybe this whole time he's working us for for a heel turn or something. Who knows? Um, but uh, it it has seemed weird to me in in the buildup that he has definitely not been nice to Dolph. He hasn't been hadn't said a good thing about him um, this entire time and has done nothing but basically run him down and tell him he, he didn't deserve the, the title. So, interesting thing there. So, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I could see this match ending with Dean Ambrose somehow using some type of dirty tactic to, to defeat dirty Dolph. Dirty to Yeah, more than just that. Done dirt cheap. So, um, Dolph Ziggler perhaps getting beat not clean in this match. And... You know, I don't know, and I've, and I've always said this, and it's something I, I kind of thought was weird last year. What if, what if some way somehow Dean, Dean Ambrose is that is that new person for the Wyatt family? It was kind of hinted at 
last year when there was some weird stuff going on where everybody that Dean Ambrose kept suggesting for Roman Reigns to take on as a partner suddenly started getting taken out by the Wyatt family. And then now we're kind of seeing this, this attitude change in, in, in Dean Ambrose. Man, and he's got, like, the look that could fit in with those guys outside of the beard, of course. But he's definitely got, like, the attitude and, and things like that. I don't know. There's a lot of open ends with Dean Ambrose. But I definitely think there's more than meets the eye in this match. And I think we're seeing some type of turn for, for Dean Ambrose. You need you need to start writing for the WWE, man. I'm telling you. Because these storylines make, make sense. And, and, and this is the spice, really, that SmackDown needs to get over. That 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 would be interesting. That I just definitely would be interesting. I just know I I was so sure of it last year because of the fact that like everybody he started suggesting, like kept getting attacked by the Wyatts and getting taken out by the Wyatts, and I was like, dude, Dean Ambrose is 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 the mole. Like he's gonna be the new he's gonna be the new Wyatt guy. It, it never happened. I thought it would have been a good idea, but I think that he's got one of those those type of personalities where he can. He could fit in, in in that thing, and, and him and Bray just become this just absolute powerhouse, and they just bring, you know, they they bring the other two along for the ride, and they just have this this powerful faction. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man can dream, right? So mm-hmm. looks like it should be an entertaining, should be an entertaining network special. I know my kids are looking forward to it. Both of them are, are really excited. They're really pumped. Um, when they saw Finn Balor might be in his demon form, um, they they got up singing and doing the the Finn Balor theme song around the house for the rest of the day. So I know that. that <laughs> so so I know that they're I know that they're 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 pumped and, and ready for SummerSlam as am I. So um, you guys you guys have anything else? Otherwise we've covered about two hours of material today. Yeah, no. Uh, SummerSlam should be good. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it after this Me this too. very in-depth very, analysis very, that we gave. Very, very in-depth analysis, and hopefully some of this stuff actually happens, and we're not too disappointed when we come back. Because so far, Battleground was their best to me, their their best network special of the year. Um, oh, that, for that, sure. That they've put out there, even, maybe even more so than WrestleMania. Um, and so it's it's sort of one of those things to where I'm I'm really hoping one of these big pay-per-views can really can can really light a fire and do something for me as as far as from top to bottom. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, you got. Well, yeah, I think on that note, I'm gonna go uh, find myself a banana nut muffin and uh, go watch some water polo. <laughs> I, me personally, I gotta. I'm gonna get off here. I gotta hang out with my kids for a little bit. Then I got I got some uh, some food to go eat at a buddy's place tonight. So um, nuts, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that kind of food, but oh my gosh, uh, I, I gotta start getting ready in about an hour. So I gotta, you gotta go, to, go to, work. to work. Yeah, I, I gotta you. go to work. The sun the sun is out, and I think it's gonna be pretty pretty active today. Mm. Well, I just want to say this, guys. Thank, thanks for thanks for being on the show and for listeners. Thanks for listening to us. We would really appreciate getting some feedback from you guys. Let us know what you thought of the shows. Um, particularly, did, did did you like our our walkthrough of of Monday Night Nitro? We'd love to do more of that kind of stuff. Um, that that was a lot of fun doing that together. And uh, what you like and don't like, just let us know. Even if you're not comfortable posting on the page, if you want to send us a private message, that, that works fine too. Whatever you guys want to do to communicate with us. Otherwise, thanks a bunch. And uh, until next time, court is adjourned.